Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome, everyone. If this is your first time joining in here at WCCO, I'm your host tonight, Geraldine Steele. I've been here now for over 25 years, let's just say 26 years, and it's quite amazing for me. I am so excited about the guests that my two producers have come up with, Jonathan Lowe, of course. How are you, Jonathan? I'm I. Yeah, I. You I. Yeah, <laughs> Also, uh, the producer that uh, comes on for um, Center Stage, and I just love that hour as well, and you know him as Chris Tubbs. Do I have that correctly? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's been really wonderful to work with these team, two men. And uh, we have a great show lined up for you tonight. I am amazed at how much is going on in the world. And I actually know people who would rather stand back and stand down than to really address the challenges that we have in this country. Now, I can't say that I understand these challenges day by day, night by night. I can't say that. But when it is time and you finally get it, those are the moments when we have to stop and say, okay, let's go after it. Let's really dig into it. And that's not an easy thing for a host to do. Because sometimes there are people who will call in, try to curse you out. And in my time here at WCCO, I had death threats, so much more. And so as we get a chance or we start looking at our past and moving into our future, we wonder what is happening with our country. And we're going to talk about some of that tonight. There's a lot going on. Some people will say, oh, it's just too much for me. I'm sorry. It's just not my thing. I don't even know what it means when they say it's not my thing. It used to really mean something when I was in college, <laughs> you know, the earlier years. But it, um, it really is quite remarkable when people don't quite know what that means. Um, but I will say this, wherever you are in life, wherever you are standing or sitting or being in life, just know Right here at Steel Talking, and your hostess, Geraldine Steele, that's me. Just know that we really do care. And I believe that all of the hosts here at CCO really do care. I got a feeling you know that already. So, welcome. Welcome to Sunday night. I'm only on Sunday nights, and I just love it. I love it. So, do get a chance. If we're talking about something, you are always welcome to call in. Right, You can call in at 651-461-9226. Again, that's 
If there's ever, ever a chance where you are listening and you think, oh, I really want to comment on that, call us. Call us at that number, 651-461-9226, and get involved in the conversation. There may be something that you say that can change a life for the better. Remember that. It's really important. My first, is, my first guest will be um, at 7.35. And so to start out tonight, to really kind of look at what is happening in the United States, we have to stay on top of this, you guys. We have to really understand that words really do matter. I remember Jonathan and I talking about that years ago. Do you remember that, Jonathan? The importance of words, making sure that you use them properly, or you make sure that it's maybe a way of healing for someone, you know. I, I, I remember us talking about that, and we've, I know we've talked about the importance of words on multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. It really is important. It blows my mind when someone says to me, I can say anything I want to say. It doesn't matter. I can curse everybody out. I can curse your parents out. You know, I can do anything I want to do. And that's not what we should be like. I don't think we should think like that. I am not trying to do anything that I want. You always – I want to try to keep things in perspective. And the thing that I want to keep in perspective when it comes to words is, yes, I understand that words are not physical harm. They're not punches. They're not stuff that's thrown at you. They're not projectiles. Yes, they will not hurt your body if somebody says a word to you. I disagree. I, I don't think it'll affect you physically. It might affect you mentally, but it, might, it won't affect you physically. I disagree. Um, and you're welcome to do that. <laughs> my, well, thank my, you for your permission. Thank you. My thing <laughs> is that if if words were ultimately meaningless, why would they change over time? Why would definitions change over time? Why would people look at a word that was used 50, 75, 100 years ago and say, no, we don't think like that now? Oh, yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, My father, I'll never forget, he bought um, the family one gigantic, I always call it gigantic because it looked like it was just a huge encyclopedia, right? And it had all these words that we had to look up. And I kept saying to myself, well, why do we need that word in that book? You know, like some really terrible names uh, that people have been called, especially black people, right? The N-word. It was all through that. Hispanic people. Yeah, all people. uh, Asian people. people. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But I was blown away that that was in the dictionary that my my father purchased. And it was beautifully – it was really beautiful to feel and to, to open it and see what was in it. And then my father started saying, start looking up these words. Start trying this out because you're going to learn something. It may even change how you think about politics, about anything. And here I was about 9 to 12 years old trying to figure it out. Now I understand it. I have a lot of dictionaries because I don't think any one dictionary is enough. Do you agree? Uh, I think – I think Webster's and Merriam have done a great job of defining the English language. But, again, language changes not just through time but through culture. You know, Spanish, French, English, Latin, Italian, all those languages are different. That Something in one language might mean something different in another. I agree. And so 
yeah, if you're especially if you're trying to be a citizen of the world, you're going to have different dictionaries and different uh, ways of learning words for other languages because you want to make sure that you're not you're not insulting somebody with something that you think is innocent in one language. And it's not just words. It's it's the means of those words, right? Yes. It, because it changes too. Sometimes you can go back to the dictionary and that same word is in a new dictionary and it just does not. That's what I'm talking about with changing over time. That's why there's a certain – I'll give you an example. There's a certain British word for a cigarette that is – in the Offensive? United States, used as a as a homophobic slur. Right. That's and that's what I'm talking about. Not just culture, but uh, the the meaning of the word "gay." Mm-hmm. You think about that in the 1960s, what that meant versus the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Two different connotations, two different meanings. However, I think we should pull them all together so it makes sense to the world, right? And that's our gift. That's our gift, especially here in the United States. Let's not just stick with Webster or just stick with one. There are so many others out there, and people should start to look into it. If you're not impressed with it, if you feel like I'm not getting enough from that, it's just like a book. You know, you get a book, and the first, you know, five chapters are just amazing. And by the time you get to that next chapter, it's like, well, oh, man, this is so boring. You know? Well, Dictionaries I, are like that, too. I, I wonder if there is – there. I'm I'm certain there has to be a book out there or something someone's written something about the changing of language over time and and changing of meanings of words from one time period to the next there has to be books I would say books on that cuz it's it's a subject that is fascinating to a lot of people but it's something that should like you said should probably be known so that you know you're up to date on something you know you're saying okay we don't say this anymore. We might have said it 20 years ago. We don't say that anymore. We we try to think of other ways to explain who we're dealing with, who we're interacting with, uh, describing those people, those persons. Um, we we have to think and try to – you're talk, talking about unification. Well, one thing about the last 20, 30 years is it's given more license to people to speak up and to be who they are. See, I think that today we are starting to hold people back again. You know, decades ago, they would hold people back. They do their best to try to make sure that... There are factions out there that are trying to hold people back. Yes, I agree. And so that, to me, is as hurtful as we can get, really. When you start really hurting people in that way, you are serious about hurting. It's a backlash. It is. It's a backlash to, again... Trying to be more open, trying to be more who you are. There are going to be people out there that eh, no, 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 nah, that's too much. That's too much. We gave you some. We're not going to give you this. Yeah, so true. And there's backlash so to it. Mm-hmm. Well, the backlash though, who is it hurting? The the people that are trying to to be risen up, to rise up, to rise up. Yeah. Okay. So if you are if you are trying to rise up, that's another thing that has changed in dictionaries, right? What does a rise up mean? Right. There are words that were used in the 1950s and 1940s that we don't use anymore or or it's been redefined. Right. So words mean a lot to me. They truly matter. And if it matters to me, then I better stay on top of that. Right. Look to see down the road. What is that word going to mean? In fact, there's a um, 
uh, a guest that we're going to have on to talk a little bit about uh, a few of the words in this particular conversation. I was really surprised at because, yes, this is exactly what we're talking about, the change of words. And those change of words, it either helps or diminishes every human being, right? So sometimes we'll have the words from 10 years ago that maybe inspired us. And then all of a sudden, the next 10 years, you go, oh, no, that's not, it's not what it is. It's not inspiring us. Uh, there's, uh, before we go to break, I'm trying to think. Uh, 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 there was a article that I was reading a uh, little while back talking about the show Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah. And at the time, you saw the lead character, you know, the mayor, this female mayor of this fictional town, and how she ran the town, and yes, it was it's it's sitcom, so it's bumbling, and there's there's moments of goofiness and whatnot. But her premise was she had so much uh, belief in and want to for her hometown that she wanted to. I'm sorry, she wasn't the mayor. She, uh, no, no, she was the mayor. Um, but she she had so much belief in this hometown that she wanted to do well by it. Now they're looking at it, and this came out about 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago now. Now people look at it, and people of, of the younger generation are looking at it, and they call it what a, a very popular word now, cringe. They call that show cringe. And they look because at, they, they disdain that particular show? Not necessarily or? disdain, but they look at situations and attitudes during that show that, that the characters were taking, and they're like, why would you do that? Why that that just seems so inappropriate now. So even as short back, I guess you'd say as 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there's stuff that we would have seen as uplifting that the next generation might see as eh, not so much. Yeah, it's really moving quickly. You know, whether we know the know people, we're trying to learn languages and really talk to people. I, I've always said it since I've been here, Jonathan. If every American, especially American child or teenager or young adult, could just go and visit another country, it could change their lives forever and for the better. There you go. Is it time for us to take a break? Because you know we can really talk. All right, everybody, we're going to be back in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Jonathan Lowe introduced me to this song, and I must say I loved it when I first heard it, but I have never been able to get that list of things that they're saying. I've never been able to get it straight. 
So there you are. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talk, and I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. Our next guest is going to come up in a few minutes, but I do want to talk a little bit about what is happening to those of us who know that we need to vote. I keep getting mail in the you know, the mail in the mailbox and they're giving you all these cards to say, okay, this is what this person wants to talk about. This is what this candidate wants to talk about. And it's amazing when you ask other people and go, hey, have you voted yet? I haven't voted yet. I haven't, but I know who I'm going to vote for. Um, But it's really difficult when you see young people who don't seem to be interested. You know, it's okay. I I might do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to that. But it's, this is like monumental. We have to know what we are doing when it comes to voting. I know there are people who don't want to do it, think it's a waste of time, which I will never understand, right? Do we get enough information from the people who are actually running for offices? Do we get enough? Or do we say, oh, that name sounds really cool or that person sounds really cool. I'm going to vote for her or for him. Why? Why? Do you really know what that person stands for? That's one of the hardest things to have a conversation with someone. I remember one year there was a young man. He saw my red button, my little red sticker. I always loved that. And he says, oh, it's time to vote. Oh, who's running for president? And it wasn't a time for president. It wasn't. And I kindly tried to explain it to him. He goes, well, I'm really sorry. You know, I'm just not into that. You're just not into that? How do we not get into that if we are are Americans? We do this together, collectively. And you vote for whomever you want to vote for. But some people write in names that are ridiculous. They think it's funny to have, you know, someone that's a comedian or, you know, a person that's not really serious about the business of, you know, Congress, of, you know, the, the people's work. There are people that are hired to be the people's, to do the people's work. It's very frustrating. And if you sit back and think, oh, this doesn't matter. This stuff is coming in the mail and I don't really care about it. I'm just going to vote for the name I like. I actually had someone tell me that. I'm voting because I like his name. What? Maybe we don't really understand what it means to vote and why it is critical for us to get in line and vote. Now, if you don't want to do it, then tell us why. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. Call us here at CCO. Tell us why it's not interesting to you anymore or why you don't have that call in you to participate. This is part of a democracy. This is allowing us to be able to vote, have a voice in who is going to represent us. Yeah, it can be frustrating. Yeah, it's not always right. Yeah, we don't always get enough information on who is running for the office, right? They send you all these little beautifully done pamphlets and say, yeah, just read this and it'll tell you everything that they're about. No, it doesn't. No, we have to do some research. We actually need to turn on some type of device, computer, your phone, whatever it is. Look up their names. Find out who they are and why they are running for that office. Pay attention. That's all I'm asking. This is how important it is. It's life-changing. 
if you want your children to know certain things, if you want your children to be able to live the life that they've always wanted to live in the sense of growing and doing more with your life, vote. The more people you know a whole lot about when it comes to voting, yeah, that's the stuff that's really, really important. Not how glossy the pictures are, the big giant smiles. Bottom line, it's about voting. Many other countries think of voting in a different way, right? Not everybody thinks the same way here in our own country. But voting is something we all need to do. It should be mandatory, absolutely mandatory. I really believe that. Vote. Make sure you sit down and do what you're supposed to do. There you go. All right. I'm going to take a deep breath and really, really go back over all the people I am considering. I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to hurt anyone in my neighborhood. I don't want to hurt my family, and I don't want to hurt myself. And in order to do that, to do it the best way, you have to do it. You have to read. You have to research. you got to figure it out. Who am I going to vote for this year? There you go. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited for this first guest of ours tonight because this is something every woman should hear about. And if you have children, whether they are teenagers or adults, but they're up-and-coming children, they're growing, this is something you still need to talk to your daughters about. You see, this coming Friday is National Mammography Day. As part of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and M Health Fairview has literally taken their initiative on the road. The organization's mobile mammography truck, Fleet, is stopping at locations near historically marginalized communities, giving them opportunities for potentially life-saving checkups. Now, one of those trucks will be in St. Paul on Wednesday, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, to provide their services. Now, we welcome Chelsea McGuire, Senior Clinic Manager at the M Health Fairview Phelan Village Clinic on the show to prevent the to preview the event. And she's joining us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Welcome, Chelsea McGuire. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. This has been a story that we have talked about for so long. At first, a lot of women that I know or knew, would always argue about mammograms, right? I would always say, I want men to get a mammogram first, right? Squeeze Mm -hmm. and let it happen, right? (laughs) And it's funny, but then it's not funny because there are men with breast cancer as well, right? Absolutely. Breast cancer does affect men as well as women, but we do see the occurrence in women more often and do recommend that women start receiving uh, screenings as early as 40 years old. 40 years old, my goodness. Yet things are possibly getting better, correct? Absolutely. And events like the the one that I'm hosting on Wednesday where we're able to bring the mammogram bus into communities that have historically had difficult access points to mammograms are really important to be able to partner with physicians and communities to get the word out. Well, the word that I want everyone to know about tonight is the 3M Health Fairview Trucks. They were outfitted with a full suite of mammography. Do I have that correctly? Mammography equipment and uh, mammography. But yeah, thank you, mammography. So mammography. The, no, it's a it's a tough one, and it's it's Sunday. I understand, but yes, there's a whole fleet of vehicles that that 
that different sites can host, but also um, entire events can host. So if someone in the community has an event that they think that this would be a good fit for, there are ways to work with them, have Fairview and really potentially partner with, um, for that success. But we're excited to have it out in our clinic, and we know that it's been throughout the Twin Cities as well. So bringing, the, again, access points into communities is so important. We're, we're really grateful for Fairview to have those resources available for our communities. It is really remarkable to me how many um, the hospitals that will call their um, clients and say, hey, we really want to make sure you have a mammogram. And a lot of us want to just ignore it and go, no, I don't want Mm -hmm. that pain. I don't want to have to deal with that. But if we don't deal with it, what is the circumstance that happens? What happens to us that say, nope, don't want to do it? Well, prevention and screen early detection is really the best medicine around breast cancer. So we know that later detection oftentimes results in adverse and really negative outcomes. So the earlier that we can get ahead of whatever that diagnosis might look like, the, the more tools we have at our disposal to be able to help treat and hopefully overcome the disease. So we want to get ahead of it as soon as possible. So yes, that entire experience of going through a mammogram can be uncomfortable, right? It is It is not the most pleasant experience, but it is just a few moments. And that's what's nice about events like this is that we're bringing access into primary care settings. We go to our primary care physicians for so many things, right? From the common cold to talk about our diabetes, the blood pressure, to our high blood pressure, to all those things. So we have a really good relationship with your primary care physician. So instead of seeing a specialist or going somewhere else, right, adding another destination in your healthcare journey, we're able to bring that somewhere that's close to home and where you're used to coming. And that's what's so key about events like this one. Um, when should teenagers get a mammogram? So screening, again, starts typically at 40. So, but it never hurts. But if there's a family history of breast cancer or if there's any reason to be concerned, you should be talking with your family um, practice care, your your primary care physician, and really talking about what your options are. Because there are different tools out there available, too, for younger generations on what that might be most appropriate for screening. Yeah, especially if you have, you know, have this in your family history. Mm-hmm. It's really important that we stand strong and say, okay, we all have to get on this because it could Absolutely. really change our lives in a way we don't want to be changed that way. Right. I come from a very similar story, and I have been been screening for breast cancer since I was 20 years old. So I know that story really well. Now I'm I'm quickly approaching that 40 number, so I'm I recognize I'm going to step into an average screening uh, demographic. But that's something that we all have to embrace: is that we do have a family history, and that's important to recognize. So, what has changed today? What has made it easier for women? Um, to to have these tests and be comfortable with it. What 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 is in the on the horizon for what is next for mammograms? Well, again, I think that events like this make it so much easier and so much more accessible and tangible for a patient to step into. So you step into a bus. It is not cold. It is not doesn't feel doesn't feel like you're stepping into the back of somebody's RV. They're warm, welcoming, and it's really a 15 minute appointment. So versus Scheduling out two months from now, going to a specialist and going through the ordeal of trying to make sure that that appointment fits into your day, we are able to offer, again, a 15-minute appointment within a clinical setting that you are most familiar with. And that 
that changes the game for a lot of our patients, right? We all have busy lives and sitting in preventative medicine can be really hard, but this is an opportunity to hopefully really take the reins of your health and move forward. And taking the reins of your health is our responsibility for sure. But if we ever have questions, of course, we ask our doctors, we ask those who Mm -hmm. have been dealing with our health. Um, At the same time, there are some people who are terrified and refuse to do it. Have you, um, do you know of a a way that women can just say, I will be okay. I'm going to go ahead and take this test because there's so many that are terrified of it. Absolutely. So my first, my first suggestion is always to talk with your primary care physician, talk with your care team. And if it's not your primary care physician, talk with the nurses and the other individuals within your clinic setting and talk about those fears. Because oftentimes we've been there. We've had to tackle those things, same concerns, and we can offer some insight and ways to be able to move forward. But also talk within your community. Women... All women have to face this. All women can partner together and be able to address this concern. So the more that we can talk about this and make this a reality for all of us, instead of talking about it in the shadows or or maybe running away from it, the more that we can make this a commonplace occurrence. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I hope that men will also get on board because some of them may need to. Um, and I also say, as we move forward, you know, with young girls and trying to teach them what is the right time or the right age to even start a conversation. And it can come from your mother, from a teacher, from a, a relative in the family who says, you know, she really needs to go in and have this test at a certain age. So I know that the doctors, the primary doctors are so important, but so are the women around these girls. Absolutely. You know, I, I believe in all the women that I have in my life that are so incredible and help move me up and forward in my thoughts and my understandings and all of that. And so I hope that the girls will, will, can, that, that will understand it when it's time to do it. So I have three grandchildren, two of them are girls, and they're very young right now. But I have to tell you, if, if you have a, a young child in your family and they're already developing breast, what is the one thing that you would suggest they do immediately? My suggestion there is that we start being more comfortable having that conversation about home screenings as well. So once you're developing breast, breast tissue, it, this is the time to have the conversation about what a home screening feels like, looks like. And oftentimes hearing that from somebody within your family or trusted adult, whomever that might be, to be able to say, this is normal, this, this is completely okay, to be able to screen yourself, to feel your breast tissue, to feel if there's anything different that you might have a concern about, and then be able to normalize what that conversation feels like around the dinner table, wherever that might be, to be able to say, this is, this is good health, right? We talk about our colds, we talk about how we want to wash our hands. We talk about all the other things that we do to maintain our health. We talk about exercising, eating right, all of those things. Preventative medicine is also really important. Those screenings help catch diseases at early stages, which allow us to have better outcomes in treatment. It is so true. Now, when it comes to, um, you know, being able to go in and actually have, you know, this, this big truck pull up, and the people waiting to have it done because they know they need to have it done. I'm just curious to know if you're really hearing a lot of women that are coming forward saying, I will be there, I'll be there to get the test, and, and how long will it take? 
I think you said 15 minutes. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 15 minutes. And for our communities, especially um, our communities that are are marginalized and we need better resources, sometimes those appointments go a little bit longer because we need additional resources, but we are there to support all of our communities. So whatever that looks like, if we need interpreters or additional resources, we'll bring them to those appointments. But I am absolutely hearing that from my patients at the clinic. So every time we have a bus come through, I hear from my patients that, oh my gosh, I I didn't know you were gonna have the bus. I absolutely have to get on that scheduled next time. And we write down their name and we make sure that we give them a call as soon as we get that scheduled for another another repeat uh, appointment. So we make sure that they are the first ones called. And that's what I love to hear is all that excitement within the community because that tells me people are having those conversations and it's coming to the forefront. And October is obviously a great month with it being Breast Cancer Awareness Month for us to really focus on trying to make sure that women and men are having those conversations. When I was reading about what this is all about now, I was really excited to read that the trucks are staffed not only by imaging specialists, but also by language assistants, experts who are available to answer questions and explain the screening process. This, oh my God, I wish it had happened 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, This right. is really important. I, yes. Really important. And so Absolutely. as we move forward with what you're doing what and how this is working, I, I wonder, do you go to Native Americans? Are you are you going into every community you can find, especially, you know, the Native American or, or those people of color, especially because, of course, mm-hmm. as you've heard, you know, black people, especially black women, we don't, you know, learn as much as we need to when it comes to mammograms and we have to do it. We just have to do it. So how is that going? How are you moving forward with the communities that you may not see often? Absolutely. So my, my clinic has the opportunity to serve a a large Hmong American community as well as a Korean speaking community. So we have, we have cultural specialists and cultural um, advocates that we are able to partner with and how we we bring that message forward and then also making sure that our clinic uh, represents and feels like it looks like home for them as well. So my staff are able to reflect the community that we serve and that's so key. I myself grew up on the east side so it's helpful for me to know too um, who I'm serving and, and that this is my community too. So being able to have a sense of home. But yes, we're working within all of our communities, marginalized communities, communities of color that really do need additional resources and being able to have access points with the community uh, figureheads and those individuals who really can help us partner and be able to bring that message forward in culturally sensitive and appropriate ways because there's there's a lot of good reason that people might be hesitant in how they partner with their health care and we want to make sure that we're being cognizant and aware of that, making sure that we're we're allowing for space for that conversation to take place, too. All right. Uh, one of my final questions. Uh, I knew someone that went in that just wasn't feeling well and finally had the test, and she found out right then and there, right then and there, that she had breast cancer. And that really took me by surprise. I wept. I just couldn't believe it that so, so quickly you can find out if you have some challenges or not, um, but some women are so frightened to do it. And some people want to bring other people with them. Maybe there's another person that will, you know, support you when you need to go in and have this taken. So I think one of the big things for me in my age at the age of 65, it's got to be 
the one thing we have to do, because if we don't do it, the consequences are far worse than they are right now. Absolutely. If we if we don't take action sooner rather than later, again, it can be difficult how we are able to treat a later diagnosis than an earlier um, earlier diagnosis of breast cancer in earlier stages. So it's so important for us to try to again get ahead of something as early as possible. And we always welcome that there is another individual partnered with our patients because those can be hard messages. And again, the entire event of getting a mammogram can be difficult. So we want to make sure that you feel well supported. So if there's somebody that you need to bring, we support it. We want all of the support there. And we are going to be able to celebrate them and you as we tackle this next step. Ah, there you go. Chelsea McGuire, Senior Clinic Manager at M Health Fairview Phelan Village Clinic. I'm so glad that you joined us tonight to let us know that this is happening. This is happening. Don't forget, everyone, uh, thanks to increased awareness about breast cancer and a slew of innovative new treatments, more women diagnosed with the disease are surviving longer than ever. If there is never a reason in your mind to do this, do it for that. Do it for the sake of that. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. All right. And again, I just want to say before we get out of this conversation, please know that men should be getting them too. Men should be getting them too. If you have any concern about your your breast for the women and girls, or if you have any concerns with the way you look or if, if it's possible for you to have it, then go and get it checked. I know I'm late getting mine. I'm going to get it done. I've already talked to the doctors. (laughs) We're going to take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. You are listening to Steele Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is sit here and be with you on a Sunday night. So thank you for sticking and staying with us. I do want to say that we have about four minutes, and if you want to call in very quickly and just say, we only have two minutes? No. Oh, I'm so sorry. I wish we could have people on tonight to talk about this, especially those who know the impact of mammograms and what it really means. Um, And if you've never had that squished down, you know, that (laughs) the way they do it, it's so painful. I remember turning to uh, a a male nurse and uh, I was having the test and I turned to him and said, you better you better not look at me like that. Just don't look at me like that because I'm really ticked off that that you're the one standing here because, you know. He hadn't had the test, although maybe he should have. Maybe he should have. Anyway, that was a great conversation, and I really appreciate all of you um, that are listening and know the importance of this. I do want to mention one last thing. In the article, it says, we wanted to make it easier for patients to get screened, and one way we're doing that is by bringing the trucks to clinics they're already comfortable with. How cool is that? Now, many of the patients they serve at these clinics come from historically underserved communities. I want to make sure everyone hears that. So there's an education component to this work for people who are less familiar with screening processes and recommendations. There are so many doctors and nurses and and medical um Uh, people who are trying their best to make sure everyone knows the importance, especially women and children, that this is something we really have to look after, okay? Pay attention to what your body's trying to tell you. That's what I'm trying to say. Coming up next, I'm excited for my next guest. Um, 
We have a lot going on tonight. Jonathan Lowe is the one that has been putting all of this together. And I must say to Jonathan um, that I really enjoy a lot of what he talks about. So coming up next is Steve Shear, uh, the Congdon Professor of Political Science Emeritus at Carleton College. You don't want to miss what he has to say. We'll be back. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 